That's why people hire me and that's why I, you know, don't pay for leads. So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate? To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Elite Agent Secrets. Today, I'm joined by Whitney McNair. She's out of the OKC market, aka the Oklahoma City. Now, she's been in real estate for over nine years. She's in the top 500 agents in her market. She's also the preferred realtor for active duty passive income. And the CEO handpicked her to actually serve the area, which is amazing. She's a military spouse and also a military real estate investor. So, Whitney, super excited to have you on the show today. You're going to bring a unique flavor. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, big time, big time. We're going to dive into some cool topics. So let me cover them here really quickly, and then we'll take your background. Because for topic one, we're going to be covering be a student of real estate and know the small details. Topic two is going to be helping clients with investment properties, which is one of my favorites. Uh, And topic number three is how to actually host client appreciation events to build a relationship because you have done over 13 million and you haven't really paid for any leads in this past calendar year, which is absolutely stunning, right? Right. So, So take me back to day one. Let the audience know, give us a little bit of context, a little bit of context behind the, uh, the success that you've been having nine years ago, first year, first day. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, you know, I, I sat in the office, didn't really know what to do, had, you know, I did have some guidance from a broker, but I really had to figure this out on my own, didn't join a team. And then... Being a military spouse, I quickly started marketing to military and, you know, my business took off from there. But um, I was about six months in before I had my first closing. And then, you know, the next year I, I did 16 transactions and then 26 and then 35. And now I now I average about 50. Um, because I am so, so heavy on the personal side of, you know, building personal wealth through real estate investing. So I really kind of do both. Um, you know, that's kind of quite interesting. Um, I want to dive into two different points here. You went six months with no transactions. First of all, how did you persevere through such a long period of time, not knowing whether you're on the right path for them to get your first deal after six months? Like, what, like what, was, what was keeping you going? Because there's going to be a lot of people that are listening that are like, oh, I haven't closed my first deal. And it's been three months, five months, six months, not maybe nine months or maybe a year. They haven't closed their first one. Right. You, you have to stay after it. You have to work hard. You have to find what way... Um, you know, that works for you to meet people. And, um, you know, a lot of this is going to be mindset. So you just, you have to renew your mindset every day. I was in the office by nine every day. I didn't always know what I was going to do. 
Um, but I was working on watching training, figuring it out. Um, but in anything in life, even in real estate investing, it's consistency and it's, it's mindset. Yeah, that's, you know, that's what's one of the things uh, that you said here is you were in the office by nine. You didn't know what you were going to be doing, but you were going to show up and consistency compounds over time. So when you were trying to figure this out, did you have any coaches, any mentors, anybody showing you what to do, how to do it? Like, how, how did you know the time that you were putting in was going to be paying off? I don't feel like I did. Um, you know, my, my husband at the time, um, was active duty military. We had to relocate, you know, a couple times. We had a lot of debt from, um, you know, from being military. And so I had a really big why I had to make it work and I had to figure it out and I was going to do whatever I, I could because I had about $47,000 in debt to pay off really quickly. Wow. And, his, and his income wasn't going to do it. So I had no choice. So, so when, it, when, it's, when you started going, you went six months, no transaction. Then you did your first one. Then if I remind me again, your first year was 24? My first year was about 16. 16? And, and my second was... Yeah. Consistently grew. What did you do differently when you got your, after you got your first deal to go to 16 from 16 to 24 and then, you know, keep it almost at least a third or almost a, a double every single year. Right. So what I've always done is I've, I've really studied the business. Mm -hmm. Even when I got in the business, I said, I don't feel equipped to help people with the biggest transaction. So I did try and learn, you know, the business and how real estate works and how, you know, selling works. Um, because if you don't know some key things, you know, that's really scary when people hire you as an agent. So, um, so, you know, that's one of the first, first things I did, but I was always present with people. I answered my phone I always get back to people in four hours max. Um, at the end of the day, I I make sure I've responded to everyone that day. I've looked, you know, I look through my emails, slow down, make sure I've gotten, you know, return all my emails. Um, but I've just always been really genuine with people. I care about them greatly. I care about their livelihood greatly. Um I'm more of a listener than a talker probably. And, um, you know, cause especially when you're helping with military, I may have clients that relocate from Germany or Japan. They've had their household goods shipped. You know, they may have temporary furniture for two months when they get here, they had temporary furniture over there before their, you know, stuff was packed. So, you know, they have dogs to ship over. So there's, there's a lot of stress with that. So I've always been really genuine in trying to listen to that and help, you know, solve any issues that I can, even if it doesn't have to do with the sale, um, you know, and, and being their local guide, like, Hey, here's a restaurant you might go try out. Um, so we keep stuff like that on our social media as well. Um, but like, for example, I've got a client coming in 
around, you know, the December timeframe and they just kind of want to drive around, get to know the area. And they told me that they want to spend Christmas with their son. And so I sent him like a list of Christmas activities, restaurants, all that kind of stuff. Hey, I just wanted to jump in here and let you know, if you would like access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. Now back to the show. I think this brings us really nicely into topic number one, because one of the things that you said, even before you just were, you said that you're very client centric, which is how I am as well, was that you didn't feel equipped advising and taking your clients around or helping them in actually the, the purchasing decision, right? So our topic number one is be a student of real estate and knowing the small details, Let's unpack that. Let's let's dive in. Is as you started learning more and more and becoming more equipped, uh, what did that journey look like, and why is this topic number one? Why is this so important? Well, you know, with I I always say military because that's just my niche. Um, I love I love service members. Um, so for example, you know it's. It's little things like knowing that the VA loan type had a required private road maintenance agreement. They have done away with that as of about two weeks ago. Um, But in 2018, um, I had a client who wanted to purchase a property. I showed the property. I was driving down the county road, pulled up and told my client, um, you know, that after I got off the county road, I went onto a private road and I told him I didn't think that there was a private road maintenance agreement. So I actually, it took about two weeks, but I was actually able to get that put together and have all the, um, I had to have all the neighbors sign it and have it notarized and have like their deeds attached and all this other stuff. And, um, my loan officer that, um, you know, one of, one of the ones who's a lender partner at the time, he, um, he was like, I do not know how you pulled that off. I've never seen an agent do that. Usually they can't get everyone to sign. Um, so that's kind of one example going above and beyond. And the other thing is I get a lot of, you know, disabled veterans. I get veterans. I'm kind of the girl that, um, you know, veterans can come to if they have PTSD. Um, I had a grandfather that had PTSD really bad from, you know, three years in World War III. I know how to handle it and it doesn't scare me and I know how to be patient with that. And so it's just kind of, kind of, you know, just knowing the little things, but, um, you know, a disabled veteran, for example, if they're a hundred percent, they're property tax exempt. And it's not necessarily in my duties and responsibilities to help them file for that exemption because it has to be done after closing. But I explain it to them. And between the loan officer and I, whoever they're using, we just make sure that gets filed and done so that they're not paying their property taxes because otherwise they may not know. Um, the the VA loan is is very underutilized by veterans. And I get asked all the time, can I use my VA loan more than once? And you can. 
And, um, you know, just veterans don't know. So that's why I'm here. But you have to know all those little details that make a difference. And that's why people hire me. And that's why I, you know, don't pay for leads. I I love what you're saying here. I just learned something new. I had no idea that veterans are actually completely exempt from paying any property taxes. Is that just area specific? It depends. It depends on the state. You just have to look at your state laws. Like in Oklahoma, you have to be 100% um, exempt. And then there's a lot of a lot of little things like, you know, for example, if the veteran is 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 10% disabled or more, they don't have to pay the VA funding fee. You know, there's there's just a lot of little things to know. So especially if you're in a niche, um, you've got to know everything about that niche. Yeah. Now, obviously, you know, you have a lot of contact with veterans, your family's in the military. Was this something that you chose or it kind of chose you because you were already in the environment? It, it kind of chose me. Um, I, I just started, you know, there were a good number of people who just started asking me for help. And, um, it was easier to build relationships with people who were military. Um, for one, they're used to talking to strangers because they move all the time and have to make friends wherever they go. So for me, it, it was just kind of an easier transition. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. I mean, I have some friends that are vets um, and it seems like once you do one VA loan and they have an amazing experience, it, it's like a gift that keeps on giving. Right. They're very loyal, uh, very patriotic from, from, from that perspective as well. Um, I love working with veterans. Just wanted to say that on the record, because I find that a lot of people aren't equipped with the things that you're saying, the small details, the small information to actually get the deals done. And when you can properly advocate for them, it's not mm-hmm. that the VA loan is just harder to get. It's just a lot of loan officers don't even know the little intricacies and the little hiccups that could potentially be hiccups down the road. So in a way, you have to foresee some of the uh, things and know, right? Which is the small details you're talking about here. Right. That's that's very, very correct. And that's why it's so important who you choose on your realtor and loan officer team. Yeah. What are some of the things that you, you would consider the, like an absolute must know, whether it's you working with, v, you know, with veterans or just you, you know, as a new agent, lo- trying to learn the ropes here before you go out and start closing the deals? Like, what are those small details that you when you look back, you wish you could have given the advice to yourself when you first started out to sh- give a little bit of a shortcut, a little bit of a secret here? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, and, and I did this when I started, but for me, we have to know the contract. And in Oklahoma, where I am, you know, we use a Oklahoma Real Estate Commission contract. Yep. And there's a lot of expiring timelines and, you know, they need to be extended. You cannot let those timelines expire and let, you know, buyers and sellers be out of contract. 
Um, if buyers and sellers here don't agree upon the repair list in seven days, the contract expires and earnest money is returned to the buyer is how it is written. Ooh, and, that's a little bit different than in the state of Florida. Right. And so, um, so I worked on learning, you know, that and, you know, attended several contract classes with people who knew that's keeping me out, kept me out of a lot of hot water just by understanding the contract. I feel that overall agents don't read it enough. And when you can really explain the contract and the small details and how those time frames work, um, you know, your clients will have confidence that you know what you're talking about. Um, if you can be more present in a transaction, you know, you may not have to pay, um, you know, for, for as big, you know, as a marketing budget, depending on, on what you want to do. Um, so, um, that's kind of what, what I've always said and why I've studied the contract. Other than that, you need to know and understand the government loan types like the FHA, the VA, and what the requirements are going to be for condition on those. Because if you take a buyer and you, and you don't know, and that that house may have, you know, six grand of VA required repairs that you weren't expecting because you just didn't know what some of those requirements were, Um that's something that's really helped me over time is learning that. Yeah. And what we're talking about here, you would think is basic knowledge, right? And like common, common sense and common practice. But what we think is common is definitely not. I remember when I first got my first, very, very, very first FHA, I'm guilty of this. I, I knew that there were some kind of limits, but I didn't realize what the exact limits were. And I submitted an offer for, for my clients that were in FHA. And we were literally like two grand, three grand, uh, because I didn't double check on what, what the limit at the time was. Let me tell you, when I got the, the phone call from the agent, he said, Pete, I like you. Your offer is great but you're about 2K above where the limit is actually for the loan type that you're requesting, you know, and I'm, I'm quick on my feet. So I pretended that I knew I wanted to get his attention. I said, Hey, listen, we're trying to work things out and that's going to be, you know, we can cover that out of pocket. That's not, yeah, I want to make sure I gave you a competitive offer. Long story short, we got it accepted. And my clients were going to cover that because we were quick on the feet and I did communicate. I really said really good expectations. But I tell you what, for any transaction moving forward after that, depending on the county, depending on the city, I would always double check the loan limits because I was used to writing the limits in one county, which is Palm Beach County, which was about 3K higher than what we did in Broward County. Um, right. And that was a quote unquote, a genuine mistake. But I didn't think to double check that the county limits could be different because I thought it was state specific. So that, that little tweak, that little bit of knowledge um, is what can make or break a deal, right? Right. Or make or break the experience. So <clears throat> always know your loan limits. Always know your loan types. Always know your contract. 
how to fill it, and then study it. I can't tell you as a listing agent, if I get an incomplete contract, that offer is going in the trash. I mean, yes, I'll present it because we, we legally have to, but I'm, I'm, the way I'm presenting it is say, hey, listen, we got an offer. The contract is absolute garbage. It's not filled out correctly. So if you do decide to go with this, we need to do a little bit of due diligence because I don't want to be 20 days into this deal and it fall apart because the agent is negligent or simply ignorant. They just don't know what they don't know. So I have yeah. to have the right expectations, right? I've gotten them upside down and sideways. Yeah. And, and I presented it. And at the time, there were eight other offers so I didn't say anything to my seller, but they said, this is upside down and it doesn't have a pre-approval letter with it. So they won't accept that anyway. Um, well, bu buyers and sellers are well, typically sellers now are getting smarter and smarter. They right? are. Because this market that we've been in for the last few years, it was one of the best markets in, in history in the long, right. long time. Right. So you had the ability to be like, nope, don't want that. I want this. Give it to me or, or get out of here. Now, I mean, I'm sure everybody's seeing this across the country. Um, it's a little bit more even. Maybe it's still a seller's market at the time of this recording, but it's still but but it's a lot more even where now there's a little bit more room. Like I'm getting properties probably about 10, 15% under where, where they are trading. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would like one-on-one -on -one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to eliteagentsecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. 